Hi guys and welcome to the first ever episode of the Chapters of Adulthood podcast. Starting off the first series, or chapter as we like to refer to it here, I sit down with a truly multi-dimensional babe, Zara. She takes me to church, shares how she finds strength in her faith, the need to understand not everything in life will come naturally, and getting a business off the ground bit by bit. She may even be the woman who coined the term challenge to change with the launch of her business become, and how sometimes it be your personality, and that's enough. It's a great listen, so enjoy, and don't forget to show the podcast some love by leaving a star rating, a review, a comment or sharing with a friend. So um, welcome to another episode of Chapters of Adulthood podcast. It's your host Melise and I am joined by the amazing and lovely Zara. How are you? How are you doing? I'm great. Thanks, Elise. Thanks for having me. No, no worries at all. Um, first of all, I think we'd, let's just kind of get right into it. So I wanted to say congratulations on finishing your LPP. I don't know if I'm going to say that right. I'm not, I'm not coined in the term <laughs> at all. But um, congratulations. LPC. LPC. Well, there you go. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not, I'm not. Thank you. Up. Congratulations. I know it was, was it like about a month, a month or so ago now that you part, um, kind of finished yeah pretty much about exactly a month ago thank you very much um very intense doing law school in a pandemic from home <laughs> so I'm glad I made it through no well you know I think you've done really really well especially you know kind of in the current circumstances um you know that that we are in I can only imagine how tough that is that has been uh, you know with, with this year yeah. how, how are you doing um generally like how have you been in yourself have you got to celebrate at all even if it is at home? Um, I mean, a little bit. I think we ordered some food <laughs> when I finished and I live with my family. So we just had like a, a good time. Um, obviously not been able to celebrate the way I would have. Was it normal life? But still celebration nonetheless. Had a bit of Prosecco. Nice. So yeah, it's been it's been good. Um, and I guess still exciting moving into the new, newest stage of my career. Um, even if it is... Uh, from home <laughs> yeah <laughs> I tell you what, well Prosecco always goes down well and I know that you know for a lot of us trying to find you know the good in the year that we've had and you know still kind of celebrate those milestones so again congratulations you know on completing that with the year that we've kind of had um so I wanted to kind of mm-hmm. talk about um you know a few things that you've been up to I think you're like an all-round woman you know you're, you've got your hands in every pie you know you've done some yeah. really amazing things um in the past year so I know that pursuing you you're obviously you're currently pursuing your career um in commercial law as you kind of mentioned um you started your own company called her designing and making jewelry where in which you donate yeah. 30 of the profits to women's aid a UK charity charity combating domestic abuse and uh, you're also the co-founder of an amazing platform called become and uh, become is a social enterprise dedicated to promoting diversity inclusion and equality in the workplace um, and one of your main goals is to increase the number of women of color in the industry and help close the gender that's race pay gap um, and what i kind of what i thought was quite interesting especially with um international women's day um you know kind of just a couple of weeks ago and the theme being choose to challenge you know and kind of from the ethos of you know become as a business that seems like you guys are a bit ahead of your time um in terms of you know challenging that change what does yeah. that look like um you know for become and why yeah. did you you know why did you guys start I don't know if you could kind of talk us through that process yeah. 
Yeah, of course. So um, I guess to answer the first question, what does um, challenge the change look like for become? That really looks like the base level of or the foundation rather of what we stand for and of what we want to accomplish. Um, so become actually started close to the beginning of lockdown. Um, we started almost the year today. Um, and essentially it actually started as an idea that I'd had a few months before um, in 2019. So I had this idea of supporting young women of color um, with their careers. And I also had this idea of supporting young women of color like myself, who I felt like were multidimensional, who I felt like were tired of being stuck in a box who were ambitious and want to achieve in their careers, but also have so much more to give outside of that. And I felt that in my personal and professional life, I'd seen a lot of men, even men of color, um, being encouraged to do that, being encouraged to have a startup and have X, Y, and Z on the side um, outside of their main career, but not as much women of color being encouraged to do so. I mean, Despite that, women of colour do that anyway. I think we are, especially black women, are some of the most entrepreneurial people in the whole entire world. So it's really about bringing like-minded people together and supporting them so that they could really upskill themselves and, yeah, become whoever they want to be, essentially. Um, so I met my co-founder, Amy, actually, um, March of last year. Oh, um, no way. I met her oh, wow. through, Yeah, I met her through through my dad who had gone to an event that she was speaking at and connected us and yeah we just hit it off right from there we I told her about my idea and I thought she'd be a great partner um, to bring this idea into fruition and she was <laughs> she's great um, and she's really helped with taking become to where we are now that is amazing amazing no well congratulations on almost a year you know since since kind of launching um I don't want to talk too much about how how has um launching in the you know at the beginning of a pandemic kind of changed how did that change your plans um you know for for the business quite a few ways so our first idea was to have this huge kind of I don't like to use the word conference because it sounds a bit stuffy and old-fashioned but um, we have this huge event in which we have speakers, workshops, um, even a kind of a little um, part with stalls in it for people to visit uh, and also have opportunities that come out of that. So we have a group of magnificent speakers um, signed up for this event, including um, journalists from Refinery29, from The Independent, um, the head of Bid Free for the NHS. Um, we're connecting with two coding platforms, Code Bus Girls, Coding Black Females. We've got all these great speakers and <laughs> workshop coordinators ready to go. <laughs> we obviously were just not able to have that event in person. Now, we didn't really want to compromise on having that huge major event in person because we felt like 
because we're so focused on practical skills, uh, it would just be so key to be able to do it in person. And even with the coding courses we want to offer, to be able to have people connecting and networking in person. But like everyone else, we've had to adapt to being online. So as a result of that, we've instead decided to launch monthly virtual events, um, focusing on different industries. So we've had one now um, on technology with Code First Girls. Uh, we had some great speakers um, on that, including uh, um, people from Arm, including people from um, this company called Pop, uh, which is in the film tech industry. And we recently had uh, an event titled How to Think Like a Lawyer. Um, <laughs> I really wanted us to have a law-focused event, uh, which we partnered with a great law firm, Shakespeare Martini, on so, yeah, we've just had to adapt our events, really, um, move some online, but not compromise the entire vision. Yeah. And and do you, you know, fingers crossed, um, do you kind of hope to put that, you know, in-person event on in the near future, if the world allows? Like, is, yes, yeah. definitely. Um, we really hope, at least by beginning of next year, that we'll be able to do that event in some people form maybe not with as many people as we planned at first, um, but definitely as many as possible, particularly because uh, Become have a partner charity, which is CAMFED. Um, They support young women across the continent of Africa through partnering with organisations on the ground and through supporting money for them as well. No, that is amazing. Do you know what, funny enough, I'm one of um, what I was going to kind of ask you is I know with, you know, Become um, and your, you know, your jewellery line, Heard, I know how it kind of, you know, kind of important it is for you to incorporate, you know, purpose, you know, and profit as well as, you know, giving back yeah. that value to women of women of colour. So I think what you guys are doing is so amazing. And, you know, I've been joining a few of your virtual events and have learned so much, um, especially the one the other day um, about how to think like a lawyer. Okay. So yeah, that, that was really good. And I remember I said, I kind of said to you that I don't, oh, I'm not a lawyer. I don't want to go into law. I don't think um, that I, it would be beneficial, but it really, really was. Um, and one of the kind of key things that I kind of took from it and what I thought was quite interesting is that you don't actually have to study law at uni to be a lawyer, which I, mm-hmm. I, I never knew. I don't know. If, yes. um, correct me if I'm wrong. <laughs> correct me if I'm wrong. But um, I know one of the ladies on, you know, no, on the you're panel. Right, right. I didn't study law for undergrad. Oh, did you not? What What did you study at uni? No, classical civilization. Oh, okay. And so, so what made what made you then kind of go into law, or, or kind of choose to take that that career path, having not studied that at university? Like, do you remember that moment? Um, yeah, I actually always wanted to do law, even before I chose to study classical civilization. I just had a great careers talk in sixth form in which they actually explained about the conversion to law option. And so I thought, I want to be a lawyer. Not sure I want to study law for three years if I can do it in one. So why not just study my favorite subject, which <laughs> was classical <laughs> civilization? Um, yeah, so it just worked out that way. But honestly, I recommend going down that route, especially if you're not interested in law as an academic subject, because practicing it is very different. 
so but you know by by you studying the degree that you you did do compared to yeah. someone who would then go and study law does that give you you know a greater opportunity to say so say you figure out that you know god forbid that law, law is not for you you then have your degree to kind yeah. of fall, fall back on is does that is that quite different if you study law compared to not it's a good question um i don't think it would disadvantage you to have a law degree even if you decide to not become a lawyer um i do think it does if you study something that's not law it does give you um more awareness into other subjects other parts of life even a very different experience when it comes to university because the law students just get funneled all of these law events and law careers events even if they're not interested in studying law whereas because I was studying classical civilization, I was able to explore a few more careers to make sure I wanted to stay within law. So I looked into marketing, for example. Um, I also looked into human rights versus commercial law. Um, I looked into politics. And so I think it definitely opened my mind to not being stuck in a box, um, which I think maybe studying law might make people instantly think, okay, this person wants to be a lawyer and that's it. And that, and that's obviously clearly, clearly not the case. And I know, I, I know, yeah. like a big, a big part of you know, um, starting to become and you know, like the career path you chose yeah. to take. That that feeling of not being restricted to you know, um, pursuing a, a, a specific career or you know, um, whether that be exploring your creative side or having multiple different businesses in different fields. Um, has there ever been a point in your life where you felt restricted in pursuing your goals or dreams? Um, and how did you kind of overcome that? Oh, that is a very good Sorry. question. Yeah. Um, I would say, <laughs> um, I would say that a point in which I've ever felt restricted was with actually with trying to transfer across from studying classical civilization to getting a training contract. It's very competitive, which everybody knows, um, and, and a lot of focus used to be not so much anymore, but. I guess to this to a certain extent on A-level grades. Um, And so I was often told that, right, law firms, they need you to have all the A-stars. They need you to have, you know, 5 billion A-stars at GCSE. And and there's a big focus on grades. You need to get a first if you want to get into some of the top law firms. Otherwise, it's just not going to happen. And that made me really nervous because I've always worked super at school but I never felt like I was one of those people that academically things came easily to me you know I I wasn't that (laughs) yeah I wasn't that person that would just flick through the book for five minutes and then come up with an A star and so while I did very well at GCSEs I didn't feel I did as well um, at A level and I didn't have a first class when I graduated I got a T1 um, but I was still very proud of it. It was hard for it. And so I think when sometimes people say, right, well, you need to have all of these grades to get in, you kind of can think that you've already lost the battle, yeah. you know, that, right, it's so competitive. Why would they not choose someone that's got three A stars or someone with four A stars? And there are enough people like that to fill up all the roles in the top firms, really. But actually, I applied to some firms which... On paper, I did not even have them in a level requirement. Um, one of them being White and Case, a huge American firm. 
Um, and I thought, right, I don't have the minimum requirement. Probably they'll just look at my application, throw it in the bin. But actually, I got through to the next stage and then the next one and the next one until I got a vacation scheme, which is essentially a work experience in which they consider you for a training contract um, at that firm. And by the time you get to the vacation scheme, they've already said your grades are fine, your application is fine. It's just based on how you perform, essentially, on the work experience. So it showed me that actually it's not true. I'm not limited if I didn't get a thousand A stars yeah, <laughs> in school. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, yeah, I realized that I had so much more to offer in terms of um, the fact that I was so multidimensional, that I did so many extracurriculars at university and in school, that I was entrepreneurial, that also I have a personality. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I feel like a lot of people don't realise how much of a plus that is, how much people just want to work with someone that they can really get along with. Yeah. Um, and that is not something to be played down at all. So I think it took me some time. Um, but yeah, I realised that my so-called limitations were not actually limitations because I had so much more to offer. Yeah, oh, amen. I, I know, I love that, absolutely. Um, and as you said, so many people are you know, multidimensional and I do feel like, you know, sometimes we, we live in a world that doesn't allow us to, you know, explore every single, you know, side of us or, um, you know, kind of being in the school system, it's like, right, okay, you pick these GCSEs, so you must do these A-levels and then you must do this degree and then, you know, you must get this specific job and what you kind of find is that some people end up then being you know so unhappy or you know mm. kind of pursue a career that they they thought you know this is what was this is what they were supposed to do um, and then you know you're at like maybe 30 years old and you know you're um you'll have you're kind of you know starting again almost which is there's obviously not, nothing wrong with that as well but it's, I think it's really important to kind of hone on on you know your as you said your personality you know um the experience mm. that you do have and kind of just go go for what you know feels right to you in your heart so how no I don't know whether that this is like from just who you are as a person or you know how you know your parents kind of raised you but having that kind of self that self-belief um like how do you kind of you know use that within your everyday life where does that kind of come from because I can I definitely feel like that kind of notion of a quarter life crossroad is what I like to call it rather than a quarter life crisis because um you know it's just a crossroad that I think many of us um will or have kind of faced in our mid-20s you know who am I what am I doing um how do you you know kind of keep that self-belief and you know what I've got this um, and, and I'm you know just as good as the person next to me and I'm going to go for what I want mm. so that's a, that was a big question yeah um, <laughs> that was a lot sorry yeah it was but it's a great <laughs> one and I think exactly what you said about um you know how did I get this self-belief my parents are a key part of that my parents are both amazing people they are both so smart, um, so entrepreneurial. They both run their own businesses at the moment, wow. um, which they both started around their 40s. Um, my mum, single mum, three kids. She's just so dynamic. Um, she actually did um, a MBA at Oxford wow. um, not too long ago whilst running her own business, whilst taking care of three kids. Wow. Um, so, and my dad as well, he's just the best. He's so encouraging, so loving. He's always told me you can be whatever you set your mind to, um, you know, just work hard for it and do your best to be the best at it. And so I think they are big inspirations for me. And um 
really they also they don't really leave me as much slack <laughs> they're basically they don't really like it they don't want to hear excuses they don't yeah. want to hear I'm tired um they don't want to hear I don't have time make time let's just like just do it we don't want to hear how you do it we don't want to hear complaints we just want to hear you go for it if it's what you want if it's something that you really want right and so I think also um Outside of that, in terms of what I've done for myself, is that I purposefully tried not to look at things that I'm not good at and then kind of focus on those. I focused on my strengths and I've worked to hone those. And for things I'm not good at, I decided, do I want this or do I not? And if I do, I'm like, well... I may not be as naturally good at this as X, Y, and Z, but I'm going to do it with a smile and I'm going to put my all into it and no one can take that from me. And those are things that people need to focus on is that not everything will come naturally to you. And yeah, there will be some people who seem to just take to things like a fish in water. But as long as you can say that you're going to do your best at it, you're going to do it with a smile you're going to put your own spin on it, your own creativity. No one can do anything the way that you can. And there's absolutely no one in this world that can take that away from you. Um, and so I guess just focusing on, on that, really. I love that. I was all like, amen, and I went to church. <laughs> no, I, 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 yeah, you are. I know, I absolutely love that. And I think um, it just uh, you don't realise how important that kind of self-belief is and, you know, those kind of things that your parents, um, you know, kind of instill instilled in you you know as a young person really does you know stay with you as an adult and even when you know you you feel like you know maybe I'm not I'm not good at this you you can find a way around it and sometimes you know what you've got to fake it till you make it as well you know like if you have the confidence you can just go in there and you can learn so much these days with the internet know as well you may not be good at something but you can up those skills or you can you know collaborate right. as, as well with people you know that's such a big thing you know kind of in this day and age absolutely um, so just the like side note, just the question so I'm also um from like a single um parent household as well or like single mum household um do you feel like that has played a big kind of impact on on you as a person I feel like for me personally um I kind of have this notion of you know um that kind of you know strong black woman have to do it for myself Mm. Um, if I didn't work hard for it then I don't deserve it um how has that you know kind of impact yeah and it's something I'm trying to work on as well you know just as a person so I feel like you know it's not everyday struggle like it's not everyday struggle yeah and then (laughs) it isn't it's not everyday struggle you know and there's certain things that may come you may get easier but you 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 still deserve it you haven't got to be you know crying at night time or you know up to like 4 a.m haven't slept for a couple of days to prove that you deserve something how has that kind of shaped you as you know like an adult yeah oh gosh I mean my mom is honestly my like my everything my inspiration my best friend like I just really we really really get on I think we have a great relationship one in which we can like speak to each other about everything you know I just respect her um immensely and so I think seeing how she's driven for everything that she has and how hard she works and how much she's been able to accomplish um just through hard work perseverance and yeah we just pushing herself you know we've gone through I think a lot as a family um but she has really been the backbone for all of us and yeah, her strength just inspires me. And she herself is strengthened by her faith, as I am. Um, 
and really has just she's not the type of mum to be like right I am um the person who's brought you into this world she sees myself and my siblings as essentially just like gifts people fully formed people who have been put into her care um to essentially be released and to be their own independent selves um, and to become whoever they want to be. And I think also her giving me the space to be who I am, um, you know, not kind of trying to mold me into a version of herself, but celebrating our differences has been key as well. Um, I think with me and all my siblings, um, I think single moms, honestly, they're top two and they're not two. <laughs> <laughs> No, I had top top two, not two. I could no, I couldn't. Yeah. Um, I couldn't agree more. And I think as I've gotten older, I I feel like my my mum's kind of similar to yours in the sense that you know, uh, with me and my siblings, we've kind of been able to just explore, you know, who we are. Mm. Like I know that you mentioned earlier that um, you know, as you wasn't an academic person, you had to you know work really hard for things. Yeah. I'm exactly the same as that. And I remember like growing up thinking, why is it me? Like some people, as you said, open a book, read it one time, you know, um, and just get it. But I've always had to be that person who's got to read it 10 times over and, you know, work that extra bit harder. Yeah. So I think now as an adult, and, you know, when you hear stories of friends where, um, you know, their parents have pushed them to be a doctor, or, you know, to be a, um, you're not a lawyer, which I know that that's your chosen career path. <laughs> You know, you wasn't you uh, wasn't yeah. for, you wasn't forced. Well, no, but I know, so people are pushed. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, so it's you just feel so grateful that you were allowed to explore that side of you, you know, and, and kind of figure out who you are, you know, as a person and what yeah. you know, what works for you. So yeah, no, it, I can I couldn't relate anymore. Yeah. So just a question then for you. Um, I know that you said that both of your parents um started you know their, kind of their entrepreneurial um you know like dreams or goals a bit a bit later in life. Um, have you yeah. ever felt that pressure of like oh my god who am I I need to have my life together by 25 or by 30 actually no I've never felt pressure I think my parents have always encouraged me to look into my entrepreneurial side and they they've been like you know if you can get started earlier than I did because uh, you have it in you but I actually never felt any pressure to because I think business is so complicated people start businesses and, and they fail all the time um and sometimes they won't you know I think as long as you're just willing to go for whatever ride um that business or the idea will take you down then that's fine but I always knew that I have so many ideas I'm an ideas person and I really really like projects <laughs> so even in university I would get involved in the drama societies um, I would be directing plays and so seeing having an idea and, and fulfilling it is just something that comes pretty naturally to me um, and so yeah I didn't feel pressure but I just felt like I knew I would always want to start something I didn't expect to start two businesses in the pandemic but <laughs> Um, I guess I, I had the time or I, I made the time. Um, yeah, and that's how it's worked out. Okay, so what would you kind of say to um, anyone who you know has an idea and they're, they're just waiting for that that little push to, to get started, to get started, you know, they're kind of ooh and ah in, they don't feel like maybe they're not the right person to deliver it or, you know, they don't feel ready. Yeah. And I think that's very real, especially that self-doubt. And in our generation, everyone feels like they need to be unique and they need to be the only one to have ever done this. But you know what, really, there's no new idea under the sun. So 
it's not about your idea necessarily being completely, absolutely innovative, never existed, you brought it into the world, but it's about remembering that you are the only you and that no one can do that thing the way that you will. Even if you want to make a burger, you may think there's Byron out there, McDonald's out there, even KFC has got burgers, everyone's done burgers, but no one's going to do them the way that you will with your own take on it. Um, and with your ideas behind it in terms of branding, etc. So I think use that to get rid of all the self-doubt and remember that you deserve to share with the world your insight into whatever it is that is inspiring you. And then in terms of getting started, there'll always be a reason why you shouldn't do something. Um, and there'll always be a time in which you'll feel too busy and you'll feel tired. I won't lie. I mean... There's a lot of 2020 and this year where I haven't been getting eight hours sleep, where I've had to do a lot, where I've had to um, not have as much free time or not watch that show on Netflix. But how much do you want it? You know, how much are you willing to sacrifice? I guess that's the first question. And the second thing is, is that just start it. Just do something every day. Are you willing to just, you know, leap out in faith? I think people see the end product and they feel like, oh my goodness, how do I get from here with just an idea to that? Well, you just have to take it bit by bit. Maybe the next day, think about what the name of your business will be. The next day after that, okay, what will my product or service really be? And next after that, and how will I make that product or service innovative or what will I bring that's new? And just continue to build on that. And before you know it, you'll have done quite a lot. Oh, I love that. And I think, you know, just kind of add add on from that as well. I feel like people don't realise that it doesn't, as you're saying, it doesn't have to be this this mammoth, you know, um, task. You haven't got to sit down and, you know, write your business plan in one day. Like every little thing that, you know, um, that you do is aiding towards the bigger picture. So as you said, remember, whether that's today you're you know, um, designing your logo, you know, or you're writing your mission yeah. statement, like all those little things you know are working towards the end goal and before you know it you'll have a business and you know um and you've got to you know um kind of just run with it so no I absolutely love that and thank you so much um I think we'll just do a quick fire like a final fire questions round um before, before we kind of wrap okay. things up okay so um what has been the hardest part of adult adulting so far would you say oh the hardest part of adulting so far um the hardest part, I guess, is just realizing that you will be working for a long time and <laughs> looking at that long stretch ahead. Um, yeah, just realizing that there have been a lot of changes in a short amount of time. I mean, in the past few months, I've gone from working in one job to starting two businesses to going back to law school, ending law school, starting a new job. Um, just having all those changes happen very rapidly. Um, and people expect you to just kind of get on with it, I think has been the hardest part of adulting. But I think our generation, it's great that we focus a bit more on supporting people, supporting their mental health, understanding that sometimes it's not so easy to just go and to just function. Um, and I think, yeah, recognising that and giving yourself grace is, yeah, what you really need to do. Amen. No, I couldn't agree more. Right. So when when adulting is adulting, you know, and you feel like, damn, you know, I'm being kicked at every corner. What is your kind <laughs> of um, like go to? Like, you know, how do you relax? How do you just take a moment, you know, realign? and go again yeah well I love music um music is really the way to my heart um if you're someone that 
likes the artists I like. I'll just be like, we get each other and it'll be fine. <laughs> um, so I think listening to music is one way in which I really just de-stress and relax and take a moment to pause during the day. Um, and also actually doing and creating things um, is another way in which I de-stress. So I'm just, I just really love doing whatever I can to create and using my hands. So I like to crochet, I like to bake. I make my earrings with polymer clay as well, which is very hands-on. Um, you know, just basically whatever I can, <laughs> paint, whatever it is, um, as long as it's a creative project and I'm making something beautiful at the end, I, I really find that relaxing. No, and, and is that all like phones away, laptops away, music on? Yeah, Oh yeah, definitely. I definitely need a couple of hours away from my phone every single day. Yeah, especially, oh, and sometimes just taking a break from social media is so necessary, especially during this time in which we're getting bombarded with so many hard images and news that's coming out. I think taking a moment to just step away from the noise is key. No, 100%. And at the end of the day, by stepping away, you know, nothing's going to change. You're not going to miss out on anything. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. There's sometimes days I'm like, I can't even think. I'm just taking in and consuming so much. I actually can't even, you know, like think or know what I need to do next. So no, I couldn't agree more. Yeah. Like taking some time out. um, And I think, now like becoming an adult I've realized how important it kind of is you know and like maybe I'm not checking my phone for the next three days I know that sounds crazy but you know it's like you know I just need a moment so yeah no I absolutely love that so last but not least um just a quick top three tips you would give to your younger self oh top three tips I'd give to my younger self number one um stop doubting yourself um just believe in your vision and in your skills and that even if things don't seem like they're perfect, it doesn't mean they're wrong. Um, I guess the second one would be um, be patient. <laughs> I think be patient, take the time to really hone things, to improve on certain skills. Because um, I can oftentimes just want to like get something done. But sometimes taking the time to build that vision, build that idea can be really key. And the third one will be just have fun appreciate times post like pre-corona and (laughs) yeah and make the most of every opportunity and every dinner invite that you get because soon restaurants won't be open we'll get to to a soon enough (laughs) yeah yeah fingers (laughs) no thank you so much and there's one thing i want i'm gonna kind of put you on the spot now um so send me send me off on my way if you don't want to do it um but i know that you write poetry um and i know you know from on your page and so she saved herself i wondered could you close us out with a one like a recent poem you've written or a poem on your page Oh, okay. I don't have anything memorised right now, but um, yeah, sure, I can do that. Thank you so much. Um, okay, so this one is called She's First in Line. Um, I love myself so much I've died to myself. I've put my pride aside and stopped lying to myself. I've quenched some flames inside and cast my hurts to their rightful shelf. I've tried to buy myself some time to get better. Myself could not follow self-love to the letter till I made it a priority. 
bought a majority stake in my heart and let it produce gold. I didn't fall to pressures, roll away from the stress and didn't let fear fester. I went to a place where west there was more to be seen. I let my joy lean in, whispered in its ear, nice to see you where you've been. Saw the light at the end of the tunnel, believed in brilliance and believed in realness. For love to myself be covered in grace felt, loved me and let the ice from my soul melt. Amazing. Thank you so much. I'm not going to talk too much because that was beautiful. And I absolutely love that. And can you just <laughs> let the you. people know where they can find you? You know, they want to they know more, yeah. everything that's to come with become, you know, your... Absolutely. Image. So you can find me on Instagram at Zara is dot is dot my dot name um z-a-h-r-a-h for zara um and also please do go on becomes webpage www.becometheprogram.com and follow become on instagram at become underscore the program thank you for having me melise no thank you so much and yeah guys i could definitely go and check out and becomes um, website there's just some amazing you know like blogs on there that you know that people kind of share their experiences so please go and check that out thank you for joining us thank you for listening um i'll tag all that information um in the box below but zara thank you so much for joining joining me i have definitely yeah i feel very inspired you know and kind of will definitely take a few of those gems oh, that you've you. dropped um on so thank you so much i really appreciate it um so yeah to everyone who's listening take care and we'll see you soon Bye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>